0: Disciple Podcast, where we explore the ins and outs of university life and unpack what it means to be a disciple on campus.
1: This is the You Disciple Podcast and I'm Father Nicholas Pierce.
2: I'm Sylvana Scarf.
1: You're not Sister Mary Helen.
2: No, I'm not. (laughs) Surprise, guys.
1: (laughs) And we're joined today by Raul and Angela. Good to see you guys.
3: Good to see you too, Father. You too,
1: Father. So Sister Mary Helen is away this week. So, um, Silvana, you're stepping into the, the... important co-host chair for this week. So, I, um, it's good to have you back.
2: Thank you. We'll see how it goes. Hopefully I do it justice.
1: <laughs> and we're in our, our third week of unpacking um Father Jacques Philippe's Time for God as we continue um in Lent. It's coming it's coming to an end soon. How's it been going for you guys?
4: Pretty good. Um the book is very insightful. It's reading it's just like prayer, honestly.
1: Cool. Really cool. What about Lent?
4: Lent has been hard. <laughs> Yes, it has been hard. Um, especially like just persevering every single day.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Raul? Uh,
3: Lent. <laughs> I love
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> You're no. Man a man a few words. Yes. Which obviously. is gonna be really hard on a podcast. I know. <laughs> <laughs> no,
3: but Lent, it's um yeah, it's been that perseverance, I think, every day to um really wake up and um give this time to God. As the book. <laughs> <laughs> <Plag>. <laughs> that was a great segue. Yes. <laughs>
2: I think this time of Lent, I always find like once the third Sunday of Lent hits, I'm always like, oh gosh, okay, we're halfway through, but it's always a little bit more of a struggle for me. Mm-hmm. I'm always reminded by the the pink vestments on Sunday, um, bright and sparkly where I was on Sunday. Uh, but yeah, I think it's just a constant reminder to stick at it and to persevere, kind of like with prayer. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind it, of all we're asked to do.
1: It's also the point where we realise that Lent is not Advent. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes you go, oh, f- Lent and Advent are very similar, but no, Advent's four weeks, and sometimes a very short four it weeks.
2: Really, really fast. Um, yeah. Where
1: Lent is like you get to the fourth Sunday, and you're like settle in, kids. We're just over the halfway mark, it's like we've still got a couple of, and then add Holy Week on onto onto that as well. So it's time to settle in. But I think, as you said, Sylvana, it's um, a reminder that the Christian life is 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 a long journey, and it's something that we have to sort of find. We go through different seasons and we settle in at different points. So, And it's obviously um, Melbourne, it's been getting cold. I don't know about you guys, but the last couple of mornings and then uh, I went out with some friends for dinner the other day and we were like, yeah, we'll sit outside. And then the sun went down and it got really cold mm. really fast.
2: Yeah. Autumn's definitely well and truly here. Mm. Winter's on its way.
4: So. I think that makes prayer harder in the morning, to be honest. Because you're less likely to want to get out of bed. Because, yep. you know, you'd rather stay in the covers.
1: And, of course, it's obviously uh, mid-semester um, on campus. So, a lot of mid-sem tests and things like that going on.
4: Mm, lots of essays as well for me. Yeah. How are they going? Challenging. It's, you know, it's that time where for a lot of students it's like, oh, it's going to be mid-sem break soon so I have to catch up. Or you just have essays or um, tests to study for and it's like okay time to either cram everything that you haven't done so far or you're actually being a good student and you're like oh i'm actually prepared for this this is fine you feel okay
1: so hopefully um if you're stuck in the middle of mid sem tests um or whatever it is uh you take a break Listen to the podcast um it, hopefully it's a a little sort of uh oasis in in the storm this week wherever you may be um, talking about storms, the Oscars. Mm. What did we think, Raul, Will Smith, Chris Rock? Who was right, who was wrong?
3: Oh, I don't think I can give an opinion on that. <laughs> but what's actually up for debate is
1: was it a slap or a punch? <laughs> Please tell me. Well, I think I, we were talking about this before. Like, I like you, it looked like, like a stage slap mm. to start mm. with. So mm. when I first saw it, I thought, oh, this is a setup. Yeah, but okay. then I think it became pretty clear that it wasn't a setup. <laughs> so what do you think was it a slap or a punch
3: i would like to say it was a slap it definitely looked like a slap with that open palm mm-hmm. but sounds i don't know sounds tricky
1: <laughs> does it make it any better or worse
3: oh i mean like a good slap you know it can hurt more than a good punch i feel you know it's got that it's got that edge, you know that a punch doesn't have. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't? <laughs> yeah. I feel it does.
1: If you've just tuned in for you disciple for cast. The finer points of a slap versus a punch <laughs> with Raul D'Souza. Hmm.
2: Thanks. Important Thanks. details. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, well, I suppose we're we're here to talk about something that's a little bit more peaceful, and that is um, we're continuing on this journey for mental prayer. Sylvana, you've been sort of reading along with us the ho- um, for the whole um, three episodes. Mm-hmm. What's what's a have you got a kernel something from from this chapter? So, if you're if you are following along in the book, we're looking at chapter three and chapter four today, which is the final sort of, um, I suppose. He actually starts to get to a few practical things, which we've been craving all along.
2: He does. And I think really the development of the life of prayer, I think he says it at the very beginning of chapter three, and he says the life of prayer is not static, which I think is incredible because it's not something that just kind of sits there and does nothing. It grows and it develops, um, and it's exactly how the Lord plans it to be.
0: (laughs) You're listening to the You Disciple podcast,
1: where we put the You in Disciple. So we are up to chapter three in Time for God. And um, as you're saying, Silvana, prayer is something that Father Jacques says sort of changes over time. And it's something that as we continue to grow, um, it grows with us. And I think one of the things that he points out in the chapter that we've already spoken about in the first couple of weeks, is that if you're a beginner at prayer, um, you shouldn't be distracted or discouraged by looking at the great sort of spiritual masters. Mm. Sometimes we can read St. Therese of Lisieux or St. Teresa of Avila or John of the Cross or any one of the great sort of mystics and go, well, that's just completely unachievable for me. And he says, like, that's something that only very few people reach sort of in their lives and that's why they're, they're masters. What's it what's it more like for you guys, sort of this this struggle with prayer? You're university students, you've got part time jobs, um, you're you're living busy lives. What's the struggle of prayer like?
3: Um I think the struggle is actually just saying yes. Um it's you know, when you get up in the morning, do you first say yes to God or do you first say yes to your phone or to your alarm and snooze in, <laughs> you know, it's like what do you say yes to because um i really liked in the book it says um the first basic truth you know in the life of prayer is that it's not a result of a technique but a gift we receive and yep. it's like are we accepting that gift or are we saying no to that gift and so in essence it's like yeah like sometimes it's hard in the morning to um get up and read my bible or to pray my rosary or to so even just like for a minute say like hey, God, you know, I'm here, (laughs) you know, that's really hard sometimes because, you know, the world we live in is really busy. Um, There's so much on for the day and it's like, yeah, it's hard. Mm.
4: And I think also once you say that initial yes, that's when, like, you realise when you pray, that faithfulness, that's actually a gift that God gives us. So we don't have to do that ourselves. We don't have to struggle and sit there and be like, okay, what do I now do? Like, like we discussed in the pa- past few podcasts, it's just once you say that initial yes, God acts for you. God is there for you. He is reaching out to you and he helps you stay there. He helps you persevere.
1: And This is where he speaks in this chapter as well about that as we move into a deeper form of prayer, it actually is a movement from more activity to passivity. And that, that, um, that that's sort of what you're talking about. We need to, Angela, like let God take over. Mm. And again, that's not always an easy thing for us to do. We like to sit down and know what we've got to do and get through it and and move on with the rest of our day. But prayer really is about actually once we get ourselves there, and we've spoken over the last few weeks about getting ourselves into the right frame of mind, into the right place, then we need as much as possible to allow God to move.
2: And Father Jacques-Philippe, like he uses this term from the mind to the heart, which I think is really beautiful, it's taking that that next step or kind of going deeper um, in a way where the activity of our mind um – to some degree, which I think we need when we first start praying. But then I think when it goes to a deeper level, it's that really kind of like passive kind of prayer where it's that heart-to-heart, and Father Jacques mm-hmm. ta- Philippe talks about that, where it's this real kind of like heart-to-heart with God. Mm-hmm. And that's what the Lord desires for us, to have that experience with him, where it's a real depth um, that only we can know with the Lord.
1: Mm-hmm. And as um, Raoul you said, he says then it's a gift. This is something that God gives us. It's pure grace and it cannot be acquired by force. We can't force it. But the next thing is, and this is, this is something that I struggle with for many years, is that the challenge is that it can also, when we get to that moment, when our prayer does become deep enough, it can almost feel like desolation mm-hmm. because um, we get to a moment where we can't do anything mm-hmm. and our mind sort of goes blank uh, we can't think of what to do and it all goes quiet and we can well I don't want to say we this was my experience I then panic mm. and I had a very good spiritual director once who sort of really pointed that out to me just at the moment that I was getting to real prayer I panicked and walked away mm. because I was like I got there and then it was silent and it was like oh I'm doing something wrong mm. Um, oh this is desolation oh why doesn't god say something to me and it's like god is saying something to you but it was like i, I panicked and walked away mm. uh, and there was one line that he said to me that has stuck with me ever since and he said god god's god doesn't speak in silence god's voice is silence mm. and it was just like pff, yeah. mind-blowing Because every time I got to that moment of silence and stillness that Father Jacques speaks about and that all the great spiritual – I was like, God, speak to me. And then I heard nothing and I got disappointed. And it was like, you're going to prayer expecting something that isn't actually how God speaks to us.
2: And I think that's the thing, like um, the Lord wants to meet us in – In a different way sometimes than we're so used to being met by others in the world, which is in busyness, in noise, in sometimes chaos. And he does meet us in those places. But I think when it comes to a depth of the heart, he wants to meet us in silence where we are quieted, um, our minds aren't racing, where we... um, uh where we don't feel like we have to do anything and i think it's so hard for those of us that and, I, and maybe it's just a human thing but where we feel like we always need to be doing something mm-hmm. to feel like we're being we're achieving something or we're being successful or we've done something with our day mm-hmm. um but the lord invites us to something deeper yeah yeah
4: i, I remember when i reached this point um and i was so str- i was struggling because i was like okay it's now silent. What do I do? But I remember this phrase, um, which is rest in his presence. So when we encounter that silence, rather than expecting a voice back or rather than, oh, what do I now do? Um, you know, What's to come of this? Is this a waste of time? But rather than that, just to rest. Because Silvana, like you were saying, the world is so chaotic. It's so busy that God wants us to rest. God wants us to just have that moment of peace And that comes in that silence when, if you just stare at, if you just stare at the cross, or if you stare at the Blessed Sacrament, and just think, rest in His presence. Like you feel the sense of peace and joy that you don't get to encounter Mm. with anything else.
1: And Father Jack says, like, we should be content. We should be content just to stay with the Lord, Mm -hmm. which is, which is, yeah, as you said, Sylvana, hard. Like we, Mm -hmm. we think that we need to be doing something all the time, but in fact. It's the Lord who's doing it in us. Mm -hmm. And we had that great quote last week about, you cannot help but stand in front of a fire and be warmed. Mm -hmm. Like, he is the mover. He is the one who does it once we put ourselves in his presence. Once we get to that moment, just be warmed. Mm -hmm. Just receive from him. Mm -hmm. Uh, He says in this chapter as well that this is where, when we get to that moment, and I don't know, some people may never have had this experience in prayer, so like we're all talking about it because we're lucky enough to have had it but if if someone's listening today and they haven't had it like um this is what we're striving for, this is that depth of prayer because he says this is where God speaks to us in a new way mm. um God speaks to us in lots of ways throughout throughout our day He speaks to us through the scriptures, he speaks to us through the church, he speaks to us through wise teachers and podcasts and people like us. But that in this type of prayer, once we get to this, this is where God wants to speak to us in a new way. And he says, in a way that is beyond human words, beyond human images, beyond human feelings. Like This is where he wants to speak into our heart. Like the creator wants to speak to the creation at the depths of, of our being. It's like, that was really beautiful, yeah. I th- I thought.
3: Yeah, and I think, like, especially moving on to the next part, like, um, when our heart is wounded, I think that's when I think sometimes we can really yearn to hear what God, like, wants to say to us um, or what he's trying to say to us because um, when you are in a state of brokenness or something has gone wrong or you're suffering really badly, it's like, I need you. I need. S- I. Nothing in this world can really help me. I need something greater than that, um, and which I find really beautiful. And I've actually genuinely experienced because my prayer life it actually started on this key, this key um, moment in my life when I was in year seven, and I was like, "Lord, you know, if you're real, you'll tell my parents to get me a PS4."
1: A PS4. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. It's real. Yeah. It's authentic. It's intimate.
3: And I said, you know, if that happens, I'll love you forever. And you know, as a good father, (laughs) the Lord is. He got me a PS4. (laughs) And I was so delighted. I used to, I was a big poster (laughs) on Instagram um, at that time. And I posted my PS4 with all my games. um, And I was so excited. And um, I completely let go of that promise. Or that thing that I said to the Lord, like, I'll love you forever now that you've got me a Mm. PS4. But it's funny because through the brokenness that experience like having a ps4 and <laughs> i actually got addicted you know to really i got addicted to gaming i'll be honest like mm-hmm. um uh because i was you know i think i got that because i wanted to fit in with my friends at the time and um what that turned into and manifested into was um an addiction to gaming um you know i was really bad tempered because you know in games you rage a lot And so I was really bad tempted. I actually took that out on, like, people around me when I didn't really mean to. Um, And I was even, like, putting some of my friends down at the time because, I mean, like, when you play games, you want to be the best. Um, And even if people are better than you, you put them down. And it's like, uh, no, I don't want to do that. And it came to a real, like, a moment where I realised, like, Lord, I can't live like this anymore. Um, And that's when I was really yearning, like, get me out of this environment because I can't live like this.
1: Yeah, and I think, Raul, your story sort of really speaks to what um, Father Jacques speaks in the chapter, that uh, it's it's two wounded hearts meeting in prayer. Mm-hmm. Like there's, he, the Lord's heart is wounded and is outpouring of grace from his pierced heart, but that we bring our own wounded hearts to the Lord and we don't have to be perfect. And Father Jacques actually says like, um, our faults and our failings can actually lead us to prayer because it's in those that we realize that we need Him. It's in our sins, it's in our brokenness, it's in our own wounds that we realize that we're in need of a Savior.
2: And I think, as well, even um, within our desires, like the fact that we are beings that desire and long and yearn for for love, for, to be known, for acceptance, right? I think that really points to something um, that the Lord has placed in our hearts because we aren't um, fulfilled and complete without him. Mm. Our hearts are restless until they rest in the Lord, as St. Augustine said. And I think so um, one really beautiful line from this part of the chapter where Father Jacques says, the heart must be pierced by the love of God, wounded by thirst for the beloved. Like it's that real piercing, and that it, it's, it's like tapping into that longing and that yearning for the Lord, for that which is other than us, um, for the depth of love that we can't get anywhere else.
1: I think he, um, he points out in this section as well um, a bit of an answer to a question that I get a lot from young people, in particular in the confessional, and that is like, why does God allow me to continue to sin? Like, if God loves me. Um, why doesn't he heal me of this? Or why is there suffering in the world? Or why, why do I, I not have the self-control that I desire? And Father Jacques points out the fact that God is less interested in making us perfect than he is in attaching us to himself. And so sometimes God will allow us to, and he uses a very strong term, leave us in our wretchedness. Mm. Because it's in that wretchedness that we turn to Him, and if we were if we were healed of it, if we were freed of it, then um, we might not we might not be able to recognize our need for the Lord. So sometimes God allows us to remain in sin, sometimes or remain in in suffering or hurt, because in that suffering and hurt, in that struggle, um, we can find Him.
2: Because in that struggle we then rely on God, um, which I think is something I've, I've had to like in, in my journey of faith with the Lord is really understanding, okay, like these struggles that I have, these weaknesses that I have enable me to rely on the Lord more than if I had it sorted. Yeah. Um, and even Father Jacques says this, it says it's not about um, attaining ideal perfection, but it's about being unable to do or live without God which i think really points to that beautiful moment in scripture with saint paul um the thorn in his side that the lord didn't remove um and through that thorn through those weaknesses he invites us into that deeper relationship mm. that deeper reliance on him
1: yeah there's um it's one of those um it happens a couple of times for me but one is um there's a, a quite a traditional church hymn um that is now always associated to me with the Vicar of Dibley TV show because it's like the Lord of my Shepherd and it's a particular tune. But mm. because it was used as the tune for the theme song of the Vicar of Dibley, whenever I hear it, even in a liturgical setting, I just think of the Vicar of Dibley. Where is this going? It's the same with um, the phrase "Your grace is enough." <laughs> like it, mm. for me, I don't think of Scripture anymore. I think of the Matt Maher song yeah. because it was it was around for so long as I was a, as a young man. But it comes from Second Corinthians twelve nine. My grace is sufficient for you because your power is shown forth in my weakness. Mm. So, um, God's grace, um, we see it, we know it, we need it when we recognize our own need for weakness. And Father Jacques points out, this is why throughout the history of the church, quite often it's the sick and the lowly and the poor who, who know God the best. Mm. And um, as a priest, I see that all the time the power of prayer in the life of people with terminal cancer mm. or with sort of chronic illness or in incredible poverty, um, the the faith of people who have nothing that the world says is important, who have been stripped of health and um, physicality and wealth, um, they are some of the most pa- prayerful people I, I've ever met. Mm. Uh, and someone explained to me once as well, when whenever our lady has appeared in the world who has she appeared to when we go to lourdes she appeared to a a, a, a poor peasant girl we go to fatima she appeared to three illiterate farm children like shepherds mm. out in a field like um this again is that reminder that it is this it's in this nothingness that that we can really find find god and be close to him
2: it's in our poverty that the lord comes to meet us
1: which again goes back to that um, this time of year and Lent because this whole stripping away of things through penance and works of mercy and all of these different uh, Lenten customs that we, we, we participate in is a way of helping us grow in prayer. Like we don't do these things to punish ourselves or to hurt ourselves, but it is that sort of slow stripping away of those things that we become attached to so that we can grow closer to him in prayer.
3: Yeah, a beautiful imagery I um, recently um, heard of was um, like, we know that Jesus came to the world um, as man um, and God, fully man and fully God um, to really, you know, know what it's like to be human. But I think, and to really meet us where we're at. Um, but I heard this extra thing added onto that where it's like, not only did he come into the world um, to be human, but he also came down to the very bottom on the cross when he fell to the very bottom and you know when, when he washed the disciples feet he came to the very bottom onto the floor you know it's because I know we're all human and he comes to meet us as humans but like we're not always you know standing up tall we're, we're gonna be down on the floor sometimes and we're gonna be in it um, in the pain in the suffering whatever it is but he comes and meets us there on the floor and he says you know I love you I'm enduring my cross for you um, I thought that was really beautiful
1: there's no lower place in the world than where our Lord got. Mm-hmm. Spat upon, mm-hmm. derided, mm-hmm. abused, accursed, called a criminal, mm-hmm. uh, mocked, crucified. Mm-hmm. Like everywhere that we could possibly go in our lives, he has been, which is which is a great source of consolation. Mm-hmm. Father Jacques sort of rounds out the chapter by speaking about the ecclesial nature of our prayer. Um, and I think this has a couple of sort of, A couple of sort of facets but he starts by saying that whenever we pray we're intrinsically linked to the heart of the church so even if we're praying alone in our room um in the silence of our in the silence of our room um because we're uniting ourselves to the heart of christ then we're uniting ourselves to the heart of the church and therefore the church's mission I think is a really good thing because sometimes we see this juxtaposition between liturgical prayer, which is the church at prayer, and private prayer or mental prayer or uh, meditation as as individual, but it's never individual.
2: And I think that that really points to just us as members of the body of Christ. Like when we when we sin, it actually impacts those around us. Yeah. So when we live a life of virtue and we, that also impacts those around us. Mm-hmm. So therefore then when we, you know, in, in our prayer, we're able to participate with others um, in the life of holiness. That prayer I think kind of is the, the uh, what do you call it, the, kind of like the seedbed of mm-hmm. where that then grows. Um, so it's incredible how the body of Christ works and how the Lord intended that to unfold.
3: Yeah, because when you spend so much time, Really experiencing the love of God in prayer, um, it's it's like you want to just pour that out and you want to outlet that the sheer joy that you experience, um, with God. And it's like, no, I just I don't want to keep it for myself. I want to give this out. And this is something I I'm really glad and really blessed to experience because, um, in my church, like that's what I feel in my parish. i um, down in Hoppers Crossing. Um, I I help run a youth group there, and it's like. I just want to pour out, you know, whatever I feel in my relationship with God to these kids because mm-hmm. um and these young adults because like, um, do do they feel this love anywhere? You know, is anyone giving them this love that they really need and that the Lord wants to give them? And it's that it's that urge to be like, I want to love them because um I've given I've been given this beautiful gift by God.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he says we cannot help but pour out what we have received. Mm-hmm. If we unite ourselves to the heart of Christ, we cannot help but want to pour that out on the world in which we live. So by going to prayer, and again, there's this great juxtaposition between the church at prayer, like the mystical arm of the church and the missionary arm of the church, where he says, no, they're both the same. And he uses St. Therese of Lisieux as the example, mm. the great Carmelite mystic, doctor of the church, who, who wanted to be a missionary, mm. yet she goes and joins this cloistered order of, of nuns. But she unites herself by praying for priests and vocations and for sinners, mm. and um, she becomes, by being a woman of prayer, a missionary at heart because she unites herself with the the missionary arm of the church through her prayer. Mm. Um, great example for all of us.
4: Yeah, and we can even as a uni student, I think prayer is so vital because I feel like at uni there's this massive culture of uh, there's this massive culture of negative self talk and of constantly putting yourself down as a joke, to be honest. But the more we do that, the more that actually becomes a reality for a lot of people. And when we do have this um, this perseverance in mental prayer and we realise who we are as beloved children of God, we realise we don't want to continue on with that um negative self-talk and that impacts the students around you as well your friends because when you hear your fellow students going oh you know I can't do this this is really hard I'm so behind and so on which is such a common thing that you'll hear every university student say rather than agreeing with them you will eventually start to change your language and be like and encourage the students around you and be like no you can do it like I know it's hard and you know you can help them with that even just by being an example of a good student. I think um, mental prayer, it obviously leads you to perseverance um, and to really dedicating that time to God. And that dedication can also then be applied to your studies and that can be applied to yeah every other aspect of being a university student and that can be an example and an influence to everyone else around you as well.
1: I think the other thing about negative talk... Um that I was thinking about when I was reading this chapter, is that we, as, as uni students, as Catholics, as as people of faith, we can find ourselves sometimes in a cycle of neg- negative talk about the church. Mm-hmm. Um, and the church is not perfect, and her leaders aren't perfect, and her bishops and priests and um, popes and whoever else have don't always get things right. Um, but we can sometimes find ourselves in a, in a spiral, mm-hmm. and we we can fill our lives with a bit of negative self-talk about the church. Mm. Um, and when we come to prayer, though, like this is where we should go. If, if we're worried about the church, if we're unhappy about the church, if we're disappointed or hurt by the church, mm. as members of the church, we should sanctify her by going to prayer mm. and, and sanctifying the church by our, our very prayer. I've got a priest friend who, um, a few years back, when there was a lot of negative press about the church going on, Um, said that for every 30 minutes he spent watching the news or reading articles online, he would spend 30 minutes before the tabernacle. And I think that that works the same for us as young people. Um, Well, for you as young people, um, (laughs) Silvana and I, we'd probably (laughs) just be on that now. (laughs) But it's like for every 30 minutes you spend reading articles or watching podcasts or going down the wormhole, are you spending that much time before the Lord in prayer? okay, you want to read this stuff and you want to be informed and know about the church, that's fine. But you need to balance that out by knowing mm-hmm. the heart of Christ, mm-hmm. who is the church. Not what people say about him, but him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And having that personal relationship with him will be the thing that helps direct your reading and direct your understanding of everything else. Um, but if we, if all we're doing is reading what other people are saying about him or other people are saying about his body, the church, um, and never actually going to the source, it's always going to be devoid of any real love. Mm. Knowing
2: Def- him versus knowing about him. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
3: Yeah.
2: Definitely.
1: Because I think something
3: I, I've been trapped in that sometimes. So I do get into that um that that spiral almost. And um, one thing that the Lord like really revealed to me was that like, you know, you can talk about this, but you can also do something about this. And I think the one thing as a young person is that Oh, what am I gonna do for the church? <laughs> you know, what will I do? What impact will I have? And I think that fear of inadequacy, um, which I've which I've really had, um, like I've tried to let go of that and be like, I don't need to to do something drastic or to do something amazing, you know, to to change what I think or to change how the church is, um, but what I can do, it just it's just something small. Like saying, saying hi to someone or, saying, or smiling to someone. I think the smile is one of the be- most beautiful gifts um, the Lord has given us. Um, and it's something I just try to do. Even road rage, you know. <laughs> you don't, <laughs> don't, don't road rage. Like, say, like be patient. Give way to people, you know. It's, mm-hmm. it's through those things that we can actually genuinely spread the love of God um, um, to our fellow members of the church.
1: I'm just going to give a quick shout out to one of the students from the University of Melbourne who when we asked for some feedback on the podcast, she said you cut it off too quickly. She said you get halfway through conversations and then you cut it off and that's because we're trying to keep to 30 minutes. Well, we're over 30 minutes, so I'm shouting out. I'm not going to call you out by name in case you're really embarrassed, but you know who you are. Uh, We're going over time because you told us (laughs) we're allowed to do it. So we just really want to um, quickly fly through chapter four if you are following along in the book because it's here where father Jacques sort of gives a couple of really sort of short and brief and succinct sort of pointers so the first thing he says about prayer is that you have to make time Mm -hmm. like it has to be um, something that you put in your priorities at the beginning of the day and we've already spoken about this over the last couple of weeks but he says make time when your mind is fresh like if you get to 10 p.m at night after a full day of classes and you sit down to do your mental prayer it's probably not going to be that fruitful
2: i think the one thing that i love about what he said is he's like it should become a daily event as vital as breathing yep. like i think we really like it's it's the life that is breathed into us um but in the spiritual life right um and through the sacraments as well. But I think we really need to kind of look at prayer as like it needs to be as vital as us being able to breathe each day.
1: Prayer is the breathing of our souls. Mm. And I'm like, well, <laughs> mind blown. Again, thanks Father Jack. <laughs> but yeah, like, so we, ha- we, we have to make time. Mm. And he says, putting time aside. So then he says, okay, well, how long? And he's like, is five minutes long enough? Probably not. You need to set aside some time. But he says, if you can't do an hour... Do fifteen or twenty or twenty-five or thirty minutes. Like mm. some time is better than no time, mm. but you, like like anything, we've got to make sure that we make it enough of a priority that we give God space to work in, mm.
2: Mm. and stick to the, a minimum time and don't shorten it. Yeah. Even if a couple of minutes before you're distracted by something and you realize you forgot to. It's a bit an assignment. I don't know, um, but I think like yeah, just really stick to that minimum minimum time and don't shorten it.
1: And yeah, we spoke about that a few weeks mm-hmm. back about um, Saint Ignatius's advice about that. It will be the first thing the devil tries to do, mm-hmm. and that is to try and you uh, to take you away from the time that you've allotted. Mm-hmm. So if if we're gonna pick a magic number, um, what do we think it should be to start with, guys? If people are gonna set out there to do some some form of meditation or mental prayer or the Jesus prayer and there's a number of suggestions in the back of the book
4: I reckon 20
2: minutes 20 minutes I'd say if you're starting off cold go 10
3: and build
1: 10 and build Mm. well is it only right that I say 15 (laughs) (laughs) well and again so I um, I I realised over over years that striving for a full holy hour every day was just too much Mm and if i missed it i missed my whole time of prayer yeah so i strive to do two 30 minute blocks mm-hmm. 30 minutes in the morning 30 minutes in the evening so then if i even if i miss one um or something happens and i have to shorten one i still got a good solid 30 minutes in so mm-hmm. again i think it's okay even if that whole block isn't going to work for you maybe go to 15 minute blocks mm-hmm. at the beginning of the day and at the end of the day if you if you can if if you know how your life moves.
4: Also, sometimes what you realize is you'll start off, say, with 10 minutes only, but when you get to that, sometimes you just want to keep going or sometimes it's really hard. There's no in-between, but at least committing to that time, like committing to that minimum time, sometimes you'll just want to keep going because the Lord is there and you're meeting him and, yeah, you're you're experiencing so much joy you don't want to cut it off.
1: So then he speaks about place, okay, where to pray, and ideally before the Blessed Sacrament or in a church with um, the Holy Eucharist in the tabernacle. So uh, obviously lucky enough for priests because we have keys to churches and we can do that at any time of the day or the night. Um, but there is lots of churches, especially around Melbourne and on many of your campuses, there's chapels with, with the Blessed Sacrament. So again, when you're scheduling in that time, if you can say, okay, well, I always pass St. Francis Church when I, when I get off the train. I'm going to get off the train do 15 minutes of prayer and then go to class. Or, do you know what? My class is finished at three, but Mass is at five. I'm going to get to the chapel for 30 minutes of adoration before Mass. Like, if you can at all, schedule prayer before the Blessed Sacrament because obviously that's such a, a space of grace. Uh, he also says after Mass. So once you've received the Holy Eucharist, if you can sort of schedule some time for prayer whilst you've just consumed um, the Eucharist, what about praying at home?
2: Yeah, I think um, I think he really points to like places that favor silence, recollection, and attention to God's presence. So whether that's um, you've got a little nook that you've kind of set up as a um, a little prayer space, or it's your bedroom or wherever that is, I think just really kind of um, cultivating uh, an environment where that favors silence and recollection, and so you can actually focus on the Lord and using. Um, religious imagery to also help you focus and pray i think it's really key
1: yeah and he speaks about icons candles having an altar or a shrine set up um, in, a, in a place in your home uh, we are incarnational we are we are human beings and so we need those physical reminders god works through the physicality which leads to his final point which is i suppose attitude or posture kneeling sitting standing lying down lying prostrate Any number of those things, he says, as long as it's comfortable enough that you can do it for a period of time, but not so comfortable that you fall asleep. Definitely, which is a challenge.
3: Yeah, because um, I've been doing Bible in the Year as a Father Mike Schmitz fanboy.
1: Uh, (laughs) But shout um, out to Father Mike. Yes, be awesome. Our our lines are always open. If he ever wants to join our podcast, oh
3: <laughs> please, please,
1: please! It's a dream collab. That would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> can we do that? <laughs> if, if we can get Raul and Father Mike on a podcast, mm-hmm. we will do it. So if if you are listening, Father Mike, yes, please <laughs> do it.
3: <laughs> but um, but yeah, with <laughs> we've just, just moved <laughs> very far. <laughs> <laughs> it's the topic of prayer. <laughs> 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 but yeah, but with my um, <laughs> you know, like I I pray in the exact same spot every day. Mm. And it's in my room on an ironing board <laughs> where I read my Bible and I have my cross. Um, and I actually have a, I have a chair next to me because I recently, um, in the book, you know, it's like having faith that God is actually with me. So I put a chair next to me now um, with a cross, believing that, you know, God's actually here with me while I'm reading. And it's a really beautiful thing, um, especially with place and to know that God's with me while I pray and read the Bible and read his word.
0: This is the You Disciple Podcast. For more information on what's happening on a campus near you, go to udisciple.melbournecatholic.org.
1: So that's it for our helicopter trip through Father Jacques Philippe's Time for God over the last three weeks. Um, But if you haven't read it, there is some copies still available from your chaplains on campuses, but also you can get it on Kindle or from your favourite Catholic bookshop. Really uh, great reading, not just for Lent, but for any time of the year. So thanks, guys, for joining us today. Just a shout-out also if you are listening in the Archdiocese of Melbourne, that the Hello app, we've paired with Hello um, and we've got free subscriptions, 12-month subscriptions for Hello, which has the Bible in the year with uh, Raul's favourite, Father Mike uh, uh, But the Hello app, which is a really great resource if you're new to prayer um, or you really struggle with mental prayer. Uh, so there's a gift, that's our gift to students here in the Archdiocese of Melbourne. So all the details are on our website Just subscribe online and you'll get those details. Do you guys use it? Yes. Yes? Every day. Every day. And someone's phone goes off in the background, which is a great sign (laughs) that we have gone well over time. So thanks for listening and hope to see you on and around campus.
0: Whether you've been listening to us on the tram, in the library, or on your way to class, thanks for listening to this week's You Disciple podcast. Share, like, and subscribe, and we hope to see you on and around campus. The Your Disciple podcast is a production of the Catholic Archdiocese of Melbourne.